Hello, welcome to the third ever episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. I'm your co-host AJ. My brother Tyler is here. I like usual. What's going on? What up? We're back. We're we back. A, uh, <laughs> dude, a great week to start off the official week one of college football. Had a lot of fun. Uh, what did you do on your Saturday? I spent Saturday with uh, family. We had a delicious spread, some barbecues, some uh, some burnt ends, some ribs, um, some pulled pork. It was delicious. Got to watch some college football and uh, just kick back and take in a great slate of games. Like we said, I'm just incredible games all across college football last week, and um, they lived up to the hype. Yeah, absolutely. You want to go ahead and recap the uh, disappointing predictions for me and I think you did a little bit better yeah so after a five and one week uh zero you uh turn around and go one in five to uh start off at 500 through two weeks um I went three and three so uh still under 500 for me but uh we're, we're working our way back towards 500 trying to uh like we said pick these games against the spread it's a lot easier to just kind of pick who will win this one outright but um, Vegas comes out with a, a spread of who they think is going to win the game and by how many points. So um, it's a little bit harder, but uh, we, we did okay. We're, we're uh, still learning a lot about these teams. So obviously early in the season, you're going to get some of these wrong until you kind of figure out um, who's real and who's sort of the pretenders in college football. But um, one of the games that we did get right, uh, we the only one that you got right, <laughs> uh, was that Cincinnati at Arkansas game. The Razorbacks are favored by six. This was a slugfest, dude. Arkansas ends up pulling this one out 31 to 24, covering that six-point spread. Um, it was a good game. We talked about um, we weren't sure who Cincinnati's quarterback was going to be. It does end up being that sophomore Bryant. Um, and he he played pretty well. He, he was able to hang in there with K.J. Jefferson and the Razorbacks for a full four quarters. Um, in the end, though, just too much Arkansas, too much talent. I think that's a huge win for Sam Pittman, man. A lot of people expected Arkansas to win, and we're, uh, we're giving Cincinnati some credit for covering that. But, uh, I mean, you talk about Cincinnati. They were a playoff team last year. So I think that's a huge win for the Razorbacks. Yeah, absolutely. Starting their season off right. I was still somewhat impressed with Cincinnati. I'm not uh, too keen to write them off just yet. There's going to be some growing pains. That's the great thing about the parity of college football. You know, week one, it's a whole new team. It's not like the NFL where, you know, the majority of your team, you might get a new couple free agents in there. Obviously, you have some draft picks. Uh, but with college football, there's just so much more movement going around. Guys are learning, growing, and, you know, this is the time to figure it out. The good thing about week one is a loss in week one doesn't necessarily uh, cut you off from the college football playoff race. Maybe for the group of five teams, I will say, you know, a loss there really hurts your chances uh, just because Cincinnati might have ruined it for them a little bit last year getting demolished in the playoffs, but yeah. uh, it's a good showing by Arkansas. I like what they have. Um, they've got a pretty tough schedule this year. So to start it off on the right note is always positive. Absolutely. And a big matchup this week that we'll get to later in the podcast. Um, one of the, I'd say the most impressive game that we saw last week um, was from our Georgia Bulldogs. They were favored by 17 and a half against Oregon. 
Both of us picked Oregon to keep that a little bit closer, although we thought Georgia would win the game. Um, it was all dogs all day long. Final score, 49-3. to Bo Nix running around like a chicken with his head cut off. He threw two interceptions, um, one to freshman safety Malachi Starks in the beginning of the game there, um, and that's all the dogs needed. The defense looked great, but I, I was thoroughly impressed with the, that offense. Stetson Bennett, I mean – the improvement from last year to this year, I think, is noticeable. His decision-making, some of the throws that he made, I think were throws that he probably couldn't make last year. Um, just touch briefly on how impressive that win was for our dogs. Yeah, Georgia starts off uh, their first seven drives with a touchdown, um, which is you know a really hard thing for Oregon to be able to keep up with. But also one thing that I noticed and is really interesting is this isn't the – typical Georgia Bulldogs offense that you see where it's run first, run heavy, you know, you're probably 70, 30, you know, run plays to pass plays. Georgia was comfortable throwing the ball with Stetson Bennett and they did it a lot and they were very successful at it with the amount of talent that they have. I mean, you, you know, we touched on their Takanki, A.D. Mitchell had a great game. Uh, it was a very uh, well-rounded game. I will say that you know, their run offense did struggle. I don't I don't want to say struggle. Uh, they didn't do what we're used to seeing. And sure. uh, I think that's just a, a sign of um, being more comfortable in your, your like seventh year quarterback by now. Yeah. Um, but also but also offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. Uh, he uh, actually interviewed after the game, which isn't really like Georgia staffers. Usually uh, Kirby Smart doesn't allow them to interview. But Todd Munkin said he, he was like. I don't get paid to win the games. I get paid to make sure we score points. And that's exactly what I was going to do. And I think uh, with Check. that being said, he most definitely earned his paycheck on that one. Absolutely. Um, like I said, thorough beat down by the dogs. Not too many people saw that um, thorough of a whipping coming, but um, great, great start to the season. I still think Oregon is a good team. I think um, obviously the Pac-12 is, is not a um, elite conference, but I think they're going to be right there in the mix, nine, ten wins by the end of this season, obviously a, a top 25 team. So we'll see how the season plays out for, for Oregon and, from here. And, and I will say, because that stadium was probably 90, 95% Georgia fans and the atmosphere in there, uh, it was loud, man. It was loud. There's a couple times where Oregon wasn't able to get a playoff because I think crowd noise really did affect them. Um, yeah. But Georgia defense played great, I think uh, – uh, there's one call that coming as a Georgia fan, I wouldn't necessarily agree on. There's a horse collar call where he actually grabbed him by the shoulder uh, yeah. as he was tackling him out of bounds. Uh, but if it wasn't for that, I don't think Oregon scores in this game. It's big goose egg, which uh, would have been that much more impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And you saw that defense stand up there at the end to keep him out of the end zone. So um, let's go. Let's go ahead and move on. This was a really good game. One of the best of the weekends. Uh, of the weekend Utah the number seven ranked team in the country was going on the road we talked about how formidable the swamp was as far as an atmosphere goes to play college football in um, I picked Florida to cover that spread you were riding with Utah to win that game and to cover um, and Florida I mean that's that's as good of a win as, as you can take in in week one under new head coach Billy Napier were you impressed with the Gators yeah absolutely they looked a lot better than I think uh, myself and a lot of other people would have uh, expected them to be so I'm not upset both teams actually did end up playing great we touched on it 
you know, being in the swamp, that's a tough place to play. And it proved to be, uh, I think I saw a stat where that was the largest, uh, uh, they broke the attendance record uh, at that stadium that night yeah. on Saturday. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not upset. It is uh it is a loss on my record, but both teams played amazing. So you, you were pretty impressed with the uh, Gators performance overall. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the only thing is they need to find the find that guy that can run the ball. Your quarterback can't be the guy, you know, putting up all your rushing stats for the night. I think uh, a lot of teams are going to be able to see that and they're going to be able to, you know, put a linebacker to spy on the quarterback, keep him in the pocket. Uh, so that's one thing that Florida needs to improve on. Other than that, it was an impressive win. I do think it's a little bit of an overreaction, though. Um, a lot of Agreed. people are thinking, you know, Florida's, you know, this team that's contending with Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M. Uh, I think just – and that's – and I hate to do this because obviously we're Georgia Bulldog fans. We hate the Florida Gators. And I'm not trying to be that guy. Uh, but from an overall perspective, I think just pump the brakes a little bit on the expectations for Florida. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. A 29-26 to 26 win over Utah. Like I said, the Pac-12 is, is not an elite conference. Yes, I think Utah is a top 25 team, maybe even a top 15 team. Um, but let's be honest, that's what you expect SEC teams to do to Pac-12 teams. You know, we, right. we, we expect that Florida, um, with the resources that they have, with the recruiting soil that, um, that they get to recruit out of, that's, that's a win that you expect them to get. So while it is a big win, I totally agree with you. Pump the brakes. You know, I, I don't think um, this is necessarily, you know, a top 10 team necessarily, but nevertheless, a, a good win for the Florida Gators and uh, head coach Billy Napier to start the season off. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and move on. This uh, next game was a really interesting one. A lot of people were picking Ohio State to blow Notre Dame out. Um, the Irish were on the road at the Buckeyes. Buckeyes were a huge 17-point favorite. We both actually picked Ohio State to cover that spread. And, I mean, through the first half, Notre Dame's leading. That's a 10-3 to game. A lot of questions in the first half about the sputtering Ohio State offense. They do manage to pull it out. Really gritty win. Uh, final score in that one's 21-10. to Notre Dame does end up keeping it closer than that 17, so they cover. Um, we both take the L on that one. But um, my question here is, you know, Ohio State's defense looked good, and that was the big question that we had coming into this. I have a lot of questions about Notre Dame's offense. I don't think they were necessarily playing against, um, you know, elite uh, playmakers on the Notre Dame sideline. But um, do you have questions about Ohio State's offense now? I mean – this was, this was just a weird game. I I don't. Um, obviously, they take a big loss with the injury of Jackson Smith and Najigba, probably their number one wide receiver. So, yeah. you know, that that's going to affect you. We saw it. I mean, I call it an excuse, but, you know, Alabama in the national championship game, they lose their number one wide receiver, and that affected their offense. You know, mm -hmm. losing big playmakers like that matter, matters in the grand scheme of, you know, the totality of the game. Uh, but again, it's week one. You have to play in your guys, you know, you're, you're playing your offense versus your defense. You don't really get the most accurate look at what your offense is going to be. I think week one was a chance for Ohio state to see that, to make some improvements. And this is a historical Ohio state offense. They're going to put up points. They're going to run up the score on some of these other teams. Yeah. I think this was just a, a learning growing 
game uh, where they get to see what they really have, what they really are, and, you know, tweak some things around uh, to come out in week two and, you know, be better. Absolutely. The next game that we touched on, uh, we said this was probably the least intriguing out of all the matchups, and it turned out to be this one was an absolute blowout. Louisville Cardinals on the road against the Syracuse Orange. Louisville is actually favored by four and a half going into this one. And the orange just blew them out of the building, man. Final score of this one's 31 to seven. I talked about going into this uh, year, how the Cardinals quarterback Malik Cunningham was going to have to cut down on turnovers, turn the ball over way too much last year and uh, two interceptions by him, three total for the, for the Cardinals offense. It was all Syracuse all day long. Yeah, this one was uh, really weird. I don't think either one of us saw a blowout coming necessarily. Vegas no. definitely did not. Yeah. Um. It it was it was interesting. Syracuse they did exactly what they had to do. They limited their mistakes, uh, and then they just played fast. And it was a physical game by the Orange. Yeah, quarterback Garrett Schrader had a great game, um, rushing for a bunch of yards. Um, threw for a couple touchdowns as well. So, no doubt. um, big big statement win there by Syracuse. Uh, one of the best games of the entire weekend was the Florida State Seminoles on the road. They went to New Orleans to face off against the LSU Tigers. New head coach Brian Kelly, um, he got everything he could handle and then some from the Florida State Seminoles, man. Uh, I was watching this game, and it was it was all Seminoles all night long until the very end there, LSU gets the ball back. They're at the one-yard line. They got to go 99 yards to try to score and tie up the game, send it into overtime, and they do it. I mean, they go 99 yards. Their quarterback, Jaden Daniels, managed to, to march the offense all the way down the field, and then they line up for an extra point to tie the game up, send it into overtime, and it gets blocked. I mean, the, the stadium is going nuts. The Florida State sideline is going nuts. Uh, Florida State escapes. New Orleans there with a 24 to 23 win. They end up covering that spread. Both of us get that pick wrong. I mean, what a wild ending. That this is why we love college football, right? This is this is just everything that that uh college football is supposed to be was was going on in this game. Absolutely. Breaking news, big headline, trouble in the bayou. Brian Kelly didn't have a hold of his team. Their number one wide receiver and probably their best player on the entire team. You know, he got two touches for 20 yards, which is not what you expect out of the number one wide receiver at LSU. Right. Uh, their, their number one defensive player goes down. He's hurt out for the season. Um, so, Brian Kelly's got a lot to figure out in, in his first year, and mm. this one hurts for the Tigers. Absolutely. I, I was more impressed with FSU. I, I think this was um, less about – LSU and their collapse and more about how impressive FSU was for me. I honestly have not watched a ton of FSU games over the last couple of years. Um, it's been a little bit of a dumpster fire there the past two seasons, but um, they, they look like they're back, man. They look like a good team. Quarterback Jordan Travis um, did really well. I got questions about LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, man. I mean, it, as far as escaping the pocket and his run ability, top notch. But it, it seemed right. like time after time he looked at his first read and then he would take off. Um, so I don't know if that's decision making or if that's just, you know, some throws that he's not able to make. But if that's their best option at quarterback, I think it's going to be a long season for the Tigers. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. He did look a little scared in there. I was 
kind of wondering about that. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it doesn't look like he's even going to his second, third, fourth read. Um, it, if he doesn't have that play, he's just taken off. That's not something that you're going to be able to do all the time. You're going to have to make those hard reads. You're going to have to place balls accurately and efficiently. And he, he's got some figuring out to do, no doubt. All right, so let's go ahead and jump in. Let's talk about some of the games this week. we got a, a decent slate of games this week. I'm, I'm excited for a few of these. Um, the first one that we'll start with, we have the number one team in the country, the Alabama Crimson Tide. They are 1-0 on the year. They are going on the road at Texas, who is also number – who is, excuse me, who is also 1-0 on the season. It's a 12 o'clock kickoff on Fox. And right now, depending on where you find this one, when you find this spread, Alabama's favored by 20 and a half, so just under three touchdowns. What are your initial thoughts when you see this game? Yeah, going back to last week, Alabama dominated Utah State 55-0. Their offense is looking say. amazing. Their offense is looking amazing, man. Bryce Young had six total touchdowns. Uh, Georgia transfer, now Alabama wide receiver Jermaine Burton looked good. Um, this is a guy that, you know, after seeing him in the Alabama uniform and, you know, the way they were using him, look for him. If, if you're going to compare him, look for him to be like the next – I don't want to say the next. I don't think he's as good, but I think play style, body shape-wise, maybe like a Devontae Smith. Uh, so if you're an Alabama fan, that's a good name to hear and a good comparison to have. Quinn Ewers for Texas, he looked okay. He's not super impressive for me. He went two touchdowns for 225 yards. Um, it's a very yeah, a game a, manager. Bit of a kind slow start of stat for, line. for him. Yeah, it's a little bit of a game manager stat line for me. Uh, this game's going to be fun, though. But honestly, man, and you're probably going to hear me say this a lot when we – talk about Alabama on this podcast. I expect Alabama to be Alabama and do what Alabama does, and that is absolutely throttle other opponents and just dominate the game physically uh, and put up big points. So with that, I, I see Texas kind of taking a step back. You know, there's a lot of hype going into them. Are they back? Are they not? This is not going to be the game that Texas says that they're back, and <laughs> I have Alabama covering – uh, pretty easily this almost three touchdown spread. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on this one. It's hard to pick against the Crimson Tide and Nick Saban in this one. Um, you have head coach Steve Sarkeesian, who's in, I believe, his second year um, in control at the yep. Longhorns there. Um, you touched on quarterback Quinn Ewers, kind of the face of the NIL. Um, he, he graduated high school early, um, enrolled at Ohio State, then transfers to Texas. Bit of a slow start last week. Um, he's definitely got to pick things up if he wants to keep his longhorns in contention in this game. Um, I also think you need a big game out of running back Bijan Robinson. Uh, a lot of mm -hmm. hype surrounding him coming into this year. He, he was talked about as a Heisman favorite. Um, they also have wide receiver Xavier Worthy. So uh, yours has got some weapons that he can get the ball to. Um, but like you said, it's just too much talent, especially on that Alabama defense. I think that could be one of the best defenses in the country this year. Um, I also like Alabama to cover that 20 and a half. Um, I could see, you know, maybe like a 49 to 27 score or something like that um, with the tide rolling uh, early and often in that game. Sounds like we're both on the side of the Crimson Tide here. Yeah, absolutely. Bama's just going to be Bama. That's right. Bama being Bama, baby. Um, let's oh, move yeah. on. Talk oh, about man. this next one. You got the South Carolina Gamecocks. They're one and zero on the season. 
They're going to go on the road against the number 16 team in the country, the Arkansas Razorbacks. They are also 1-0. We talked about that win over Cincinnati. Um, 12 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. And right now, depending on where you find this one and how early you get to this spread, Arkansas is favored by eight and a half. Is, is that spread too big? If South Carolina can maybe hang in this one or maybe even win it outright? Yeah, it's an interesting one for me. I've been kind of going back and forth. Arkansas has been turning things around, you know, going back to last year, you know, coming into this year, I have them as a top five team in the SEC. You know, I, I think that they can do that. I don't think there's too many teams other than Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M that's much better than them. Maybe one other team slips in. So, but I'm really interested to see more of Spencer Rattler, the transfer uh, coming from Oklahoma to South Carolina to head up that offense. Uh he Spencer Rattler was a Heisman favorite going into last season. Uh, obviously, he, he gets replaced uh, as the starting quarterback last year, so that's the reason that he transfers out. Yeah, but that's why I we expect, don't put any I, stock into uh, preseason right. Heisman favorites. I expect to see big things from him, though, and I think he's fully capable of it. But Arkansas needs needs a big win right now to show that they can contend in the SEC and uh, and can contend as, you know, potentially a top 15 team if they go up one more in the rankings with this big win. But I do see this as one of those games. So this is at South Carolina. So they have the home field advantage. That is another one where Williams-Brice Stadium, where the, where they play, is going to be electric. You know, South Carolina needs this win more than, you know, or just as much as any other team. So I see South Carolina keeping it close at home. Um, at least through a couple quarters, I, I see them, you know, kind of, you know, getting points any way they can, you know, it's, it's going to be a hard one, but I do see them keeping it close, but ultimately I think Arkansas does pull it out. I think I see them winning by maybe a touchdown and a field goal, uh, 10 points covering that eight and a half point spread. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all if South Carolina makes this one a nail biter. Okay, yeah, I tend to agree with you on that one. Um, I will I will correct you. It, it is actually at Arkansas. Um, so Arkansas will be the home team here. But, um, you know, I, I think, uh, like you said, I, I, I tend to agree with your overall um, analysis on that one. I think South Carolina quarterback Spencer Rattler um, is poised for a big day. Um, South Carolina's also got some, some weapons on defense. Their cornerback Cam Smith, uh, one of the best corners in the nation, um, he, he should be able to lock down some of those Razorback receivers. Um, but I also think, you know, Arkansas um, has, has got some weapons where they should be able to pull this one out. K.J. Jefferson um, is a great quarterback. Um, they, they like to run the ball. I, I see South Carolina keeping it closer, um, covering that spread. But I, I like Arkansas to win the game. So I'll pick South Carolina for my graphic pick um, for them to cover that spread. But um I think Sam Pittman gets his second win and, and the Razorbacks move to 2-0. and All right. That's my mistake. I, I don't know what I have, but, but for whatever reason, I had South Carolina playing at home. That is incorrect. They will be in Razorback Stadium in Fayetteville. That boy drinking that good juice today. <laughs> <laughs> um, this next one, I, I got a feeling we might end up on opposite sides just because this is a really good toss-up game. Uh, you got the number 24 team in the country, the Tennessee Volunteers, they start off their season 1-0. They're going on the road against the number 17 team in the country, the Pitt Panthers, who are also 1-0. and 
That one's a 3.30 kickoff on ABC. And depending on when you find this spread, where you find it at, right now Tennessee is favored as a road team by six and a half. Uh, you don't see that often, a ranked uh, team at home being the underdog. So uh, what are your initial thoughts on Volunteers and Panthers? My initial thoughts are if you like seeing offense, you like scoring – watching team score points this is a really great game for you these are two big time quarterbacks and tennessee's hendon hooker and pitts Keaton slovis going up against each other a couple of electric offenses there's expect, a hooker on the field yep I, I expect there to definitely be a shootout in this game um you know going into the season just through one game obviously uh tennessee is putting up uh, a lot more total yards. They, they had 569 yards last game, which, you know, is incredible. Yeah. So Pitt's only 384. Difference is, though, Tennessee was playing Ball State. Pitt played West Virginia. Yeah. You know. A little so, bit of a difference you know, there in there's competition. A, there's a discrepancy in competition right there, no doubt. But this should be a great shootout. I expect a lot of points to be scored. And uh, I'm going to go with the Volunteers. I, I think they have what it takes this year to uh, contend in the SEC East. I think it, it's going to be up to them to knock off Georgia at the top. You know, whatever team wins that game is probably going to the championship. Uh, so I'm going to take Tennessee to win by a touchdown. I'm comfortable with that. Okay, I like the pick. And uh, like you said, I, I agree this is going to be a high-scoring game. I believe it's going to be a very close game throughout um, you talk about Pitt's quarterback, Keaton Slovis. The USC transfer is now there. Um, they do lose wide receiver Jordan Addison, who was uh, arguably the best wide receiver in college football last year. Um, they they switched spots, so now uh, – Arguably. Yeah. So now he's at USC, and, and Slovis moves over to Pitt. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I, like, I like both offenses in this game. Pitt usually has a good defense. Um, the, the jury is still out on that one. They, they played West Virginia – really well obviously uh, a pick six to uh to clinch that game there at the end against West Virginia um I don't know with with Pittsburgh being at home I it's tough for me I, I think if this one was in Neyland Stadium obviously with a you know a hundred thousand plus um drunk volunteers I, I think this one could easily get away in the direction of the volunteers but agreed um I don't know I, I think I'm still going to pick Tennessee to win this game but I think six and a half is just a bit too much for me I'm going to lean Pitt to cover this one and keep it a little bit closer. Maybe a field goal wins this one. Um, you know, maybe this is last team with the ball type of thing. Uh, if, if Hooker can lead a drive here at the end, um, set him up in, in field goal range to, uh, to kind of ice this one away. Uh, I think the Panthers can keep this one closer, but I, I'll take Tennessee to win the game. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into this next one. We got an SEC showdown. The number 20 team in the country, the Kentucky Wildcats, started off their season 1-0. They are going on the road, another game in the swamp. Number 12, Florida Gators. They jump all the way up to number 12 after being unranked last year, or excuse me, last week. They're 1-0 after a big win uh, over the Utah Utes. 7 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. Th this spread has fluctuated a lot. It's likely to fluctuate a lot more before game time. But uh, depending on where you find this one, and again, where, when you find it, right now Florida's favored by five and a half. Um, so initial thoughts when you see Wildcats and Gators. Yeah, I mean, we, we touched on that earlier. Florida hype a little too high. You know, dampen your expectations there, but not for this game necessarily. And another thing that I, that I hit on earlier, 
Anthony Richardson cannot lead this team in passing and rushing yards again if they expect to win. It's something that Kentucky's been watching tape. They're going to know about, and they're going to have a game plan for that. So you, you've got to find that that RB1 in your system. You know, Preferably, you, you have a couple guys that can run the ball for you. Uh, get it out of the hands of your quarterback a little bit more. He can't you know, burden that low. He can't put the team on his back and expect to win every single game. Yeah. On the flip side, Will Levis looked good last week. He went 21 for 32, 300 yards, three touchdowns, only one interception. You know, that that's a that's a good game for Kentucky's Will Levis there. Florida needs this win, man. Um that if they can get this win, they have a couple easy games, a couple cupcake games, but the back half of their schedule is tough, man. When you go into the October, November, you know, part of their schedule. They're playing back-to-back LSU, Georgia, Texas A&M, South Carolina. Yeah. And those, you know, that's a stretch where, you know, I think even as a Florida fan, you expect to drop a couple of those games, you know, at least one, at least yeah. one. Um, so they need this. They need to get out onto the hot start. You know, I think they are bringing in a lot of momentum. There's, um, you know, with the hype and, you know, the fans are going to be backing them up, obviously. They've got a lot of momentum going into this game. And they are a talented football team. They're not, you know, the most talented by any means, but there are a couple key positions on that Florida team where they are very talented. And, you know, being at home again, I'm correct on this one. They're at home this time, right? That is correct. In the swamp. Um, what are you doing in my swamp? Right. So in the swamp, as Shrek says, I've got them pulling this one out too. I think that they do just enough to come out there with the win. Maybe it's not the most impressive, flashy win, uh, just like Utah, but I do have them coming out with the W. Uh, and th- They can cover this five-and-a-half-point spread. I'll be disappointed if they don't. Okay, interesting pick. I, I'm, Like I said, I'm on the fence about this one. Um, talked about quarterback Will Levis. A lot of hype surrounding this dude going into this season. A lot of people have him as a, a potential um, first round, if not a top 10 pick in next year's NFL draft. So uh, lofty expectations. They are without running back Chris Rodriguez, who was uh, projected to be one of the best running backs in the SEC. He's currently suspended. Um, so you won't see him. They'll have to find another um, guy that can uh, tote the rock on the ground. Um, but really tough back-to-back games here for Florida. You talk about Utah, very physical team. Kentucky is also very physical. They, they love to, to run the ball. They, they like to get tight ends involved. Um, so, you know, if Florida's a little banged up, this, this could be another, you know, back-to-back game here where um, Florida's having to uh, fight tooth and nail to pull this one out. Um, I, I really agree with your analysis on Anthony Richardson. I think when it comes to uh, pulling the ball down and running, He's a great quarterback, um, but can we see Anthony Richardson win a game with his arm? Um, because there's right. going to come a point in the season where he's going to have to do that. And I just I haven't seen anything out of him so far um, that has given me any reasonable expectation for him to be able to do that. Um, you right. talk about it's some a, of. Go ahead. It's a it's a great tool to have. You know, to have, have a mobile quarterback isn't every team wants one. It's a great tool to have. Yeah. I don't want to see him relying on it necessarily if it can get you out of, of a broken play broken pass protection that's fantastic yeah but they don't need to be relying on it as much as they did last week 
Absolutely. I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I think um, this one can go a couple of different ways. I think if you see Kentucky get up early, if, if they throw the first punch in this game, it, it could be a really tough battle for Florida here. Um, whereas on the contrary, if, if Florida's able to get up early, if they score the first touchdown, um, put the first points up on the board and, and the crowd can get into this game in the swamp. I could also see Kentucky maybe just kind of not laying down and giving up, but uh, you know, Florida being able to, uh, to win this one comfortably. I just think, like I said, two really tough back-to-back games, five and a half points might be a little bit too much for me on this one. I'm going to roll with Florida to win this game, but I think for our graphic and against the spread, I'm going to actually take Kentucky to keep this one within a field goal. I, I could see a very similar score to last week's game. You saw Florida win that one 29-26. Um, I, I could see something very similar going down here um, in Gainesville with, with Florida pulling it out at the end there, but Kentucky really keeping this one close and uh, making those Gators fans sweat. All right. I like to pick. Uh, I agree with you. It could be a very close game for both these teams and it'll be definitely be uh, one to watch. Absolutely. Let's get out of the SEC. Let's head out West. The number 10, te- number 10 team in the country, the USC Trojans. They're 1-0 on the season. They're going on the road against the Stanford Cardinal. They're also 1-0. 7.30 kickoff on ABC, and depending on when and where you find this one, the Trojans are favored by nine in this one. Is that enough? You like Stanford? Um, they've got a quarterback in Tanner McKee who, who did some nice things last week. Um, what, what are the initial thoughts? Yeah, Caleb Williams and Tanner McKee are the two guys that I really want to look out for for this game. These are both uh, really good quarterbacks. It's going to be a great matchup to see them going back and forth with each other. Uh, USC's, or correction, Stanford's running back, uh, son of NFL great Emmett Smith, EJ Smith, uh, is as solid as they come at running back, dude. I mean, he's he, he's nice. He's going to put up points. He's going to be uh, a big factor in this game what catches my eye is the over under for this game is at 67 so can both teams combine to score 67 more or less points that, and, that's that's uh, uh pack 12 football at its yeah. uh, height right there dude it, it's it's shootouts um the, it's going to be a game where the better defense prevails you know the winner of this game is going to limit their amount of turnovers they have and the amount of mistakes that they make and, you know, whatever team can do that better is going to pull off this win. As far as covering spreads, it, it's tough for me. I do, do think that Stanford can keep it close. I think that they eat a lot of clock with EJ Smith. Um, but ultimately, I think USC, it, it's, there's a talent discrepancy there. Head coach Lincoln Riley for USC brought over a lot of talent in this offseason. And I think that's what makes the difference. Uh, I'm going to take USC to, to cover the spread. It's it's a close one. I, I can see Stanford controlling the pace of play and controlling the game clock here and uh, making it a lot closer than what the spread has it at. But I'll take USC. I'm going to go out on a limb. Okay. I like the pick going out on a limb and picking the favorite. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not the most comfortable with this one. Yeah. I, I can very much see where, where we come back next week, and I'm kicking myself over this one. But... Sure. Uh, I'm I'm gonna do it. I got to. I think number ten uh, is just a little bit too much for Stanford to handle. No, I, I like the analysis. I really do. I think um, first year head coach Lincoln Riley. 
um, now in charge of USC after moving on from Oklahoma. You already touched on Caleb Williams. Kid is electric. I mean, he, he followed Lincoln Riley to USC because he, he likes what he can do um, with him in that offense. We also already touched on uh, Pittsburgh transfer, um, Jordan Addison. He, he's electric. And I think if Williams can, and can get a connection and get a rapport with him going early on, that it could spell trouble for Stanford in this game. Um, you touched on EJ Smith, the halfback for Stanford. Tanner McKee, the quarterback, threw for over 300 yards last week, two touchdowns. Um, like you said, I just think um, USC's a lot more talented. Um, Stanford is, is not the Stanford of old. It's, it's, it's not your dad's Stanford. Um, this is a, a team that, um, you it's know. your Christian McCaffrey Stanford. Right, right. Christian McCaffrey's long gone. So um, I, I like USC in this one. I, I, I also think this one's high scoring. Um, that over-under um, obviously tells you a lot about what Vegas thinks in this one. I could see uh, 41 to 30, something in that uh, range with this one being really high scoring. Um, I'm going to also roll with the Trojans in this one and pick USC to not only win, but to cover that nine points. Cue the uh, Trojan man soundbite. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about another good matchup. Um, we got Utah um, game going on down here in Provo. So number nine, Baylor Bears, they're 1-0 on the season. They are going on the road against the number 21 team in the country, the BYU Cougars. Um, they're also 1-0 on the season. They're favored by four right now, depending on when you find this one, where you find it. You got a 10-15, a late kickoff on ESPN. So if you're still up Saturday night, um, this is one that you'll definitely want to flip on. There's there's some intrigue surrounding this game. Yeah, absolutely. Both these teams blew out their week one opponents, which everybody was expecting them to do. Uh, BYU here is the more run-heavy offense with Baylor being a more pass-first offense, so that'll be an interesting thing to see. Uh, I think it's going to be up to the defenses, though, to determine the pace of play. You know, whatever defense can, you know, get off the field sooner is going to put their offense in a much better position to score. Uh, the offense who hangs on to the ball the longest is going to win this game. I mean, it's as simple as that. BYU being more run heavy, they're going to chew a lot of clock. So it's going to be up to Baylor to score quickly and uh, put up a lot of points. But I'm going to have to go with the underdog here, man. I, it's hard. It's really weird to say that a number, a top 10 team is an underdog in any game when, in, yeah. you know, they're playing a non top 10 team. But, you know, I, I think the Bears have what it takes. They've been a solid program for the last couple of years, uh, going back to uh, Matt rule at head coach he's now moved on to the nfl uh the, they still got a, what it takes i'm gonna take them a four point underdog is very comfortable for me uh i know last week i took a lot of the favorites in the games and you, you were kind of uh trying to be different and it worked out well for you but uh i gotta go with the underdog yeah i totally agree it's a, it's a lot like that tennessee pittsburgh game you talk about um you know a a, a highly ranked team on the road being the underdog here but um, I don't know. Baylor quarterback Bryce Chapin had two touchdowns in a win last week over Albany. Um, BYU destroyed South Florida last week, 50 to 21. Um, their running back Brooks had 135 yards on 13 carries, so he was very efficient last week. Um, I expect game. to see, yeah, it really was. I, I expect to see uh, a, a lot of him early in this game. Um, I expect more than 13 carries, um, especially with what he did last week. Um, but like we talked about, I think 
Baylor's a really good team, and I think they're going to contend in the Big 12 this year. They'll be right up there with Texas and Oklahoma as far as uh, contending for a Big 12 championship. Um, I tend to agree with you on this one. I think Baylor um, is the better team, the more talented team. Um, we, we talked about Christian McCaffrey not being at Stanford. You, you no longer have Zach Wilson at BYU. So um, I, I think that's probably what uh, the Cougars would need in order to pull this one out. I like uh, I like the underdog in this one to, uh, to not only cover that four-point spread, but to win outright. I, I'll take the Baylor Bears in this one. Awesome. I like it. That is all of our pick six for week two of the college football season. It should be a very interesting one. If we can rewind – back to week one uh, I asked you last week we'll do this every week uh, do you have a, a player a, a team of the week here mm, that's tough I mean uh, dude our guy Chase Brown went off again for Illinois uh, I mean this kid's a stud in a, in a loss but he did yeah I mean we, we kind of jokingly said as much as I, I said jokingly as much as the Illinois running back can be in the Heisman um, race he, he's in it and uh, he did nothing to hurt his his case last week. Um, call me a homer, but Stetson Dude, Bennett I had the it. best game of his career against Oregon. A career high, 389 passing yards, four total touchdowns, three through the air, one on the ground. I mean, he just he looks like a different quarterback from last year. You can no longer call him a game manager. He is going to win some games for the Georgia Bulldogs this year, and and I think it's hard to go anywhere other than Stetson Bennett last year, the mailman. Excuse me, Stetson Bennett the fourth. Get it right. The mailman has delivered right. once again. I love the pick. I got to agree with you wholeheartedly. He had an amazing game. Uh, and the flip side of that, their defense had a great game, two interceptions. You know, their pass rush wasn't, you know, what we're used to seeing as far as last year. Uh, they, they don't get to the quarterback as much. Um, but I think that's more so along the lines of Oregon, you know, with their quick screens, their bubble screens, that kind of stuff. Yeah. They weren't they, – they knew what Georgia could do, and they didn't want to give them that opportunity. Yeah. Um, so they had to get the ball out of Bo Nix's hand quickly. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of – quarterback, Bryce Young, had a great game. I mean, yeah. he, he obviously lesser, you know, talented opponent, but another great game. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. I was just going to touch briefly on that Georgia defense that you were talking about. Um, obviously, you know, you and I are big fans, so we watch them closely. I think, you know, rightfully so, a lot of people thought that this there was going to be a, a, a big fall off. Um, when you talk about nine starters drafted off of your defense, um, 15 guys um, on NFL rosters overall. Um, I feel like people thought that they were just going to start pulling guys out of the stands to come play defense. And, and that's just not the case. I mean, you got five stars that were recruited and brought in and guys that have been patiently waiting in the wings for their shot. And, and now they're getting it and uh, they're, they're stepping up and, and that defense again is going to be one of the best in the country. So um, great showing by our Georgia Bulldogs. But um, like you said, that, that's it for our pick six this week. Um, hopefully we can start trending in the right direction. Um, get both of ourselves over 500 after this week. Um, with a bunch of good games so um, quickly guys please give us a follow if, if you if you like what you're listening to um, we really enjoy bringing it to you give us a follow on instagram we're also on twitter both of those are at saturday six pod um, make sure you uh, like this podcast subscribe turn on your notifications wherever you're listening to it whether it's on spotify apple Podcasts. like i said we're really enjoying bringing it to you guys so um, 
we'll be back next week with some more picks and uh, we'll uh, recap some of this week's picks. So um, we'll see you guys next week. See ya.